0: on this edition of alberta dugout stories the podcast we sit down with baseball alberta and baseball canada women's national team great terris lakonich Welcome to episode 98 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Over the last couple of weeks, Baseball Alberta has had to pivot its usual on-field Girls' Day events to a couple of virtual town halls of sorts. Hosted by award-winning writer Alexis Bradnicki, the likes of Kelsey Laller, Heidi Northcott, Candy Wyatt, and Paige Wakefield, amongst others, took part in a couple of conversations. The first was about why girls should play the game, while the second focused on how communities can be supported to deliver baseball programming for them. Both sessions were great, not only for building the game in this province, but also for telling the stories of some of those phenomenal Athletes. It was my pleasure to act as the MC of sorts for the two sessions, welcoming everyone and then introducing Alexis. Then I got to sit back and listen, and it got me to thinking about telling some of those stories here on this podcast. So this week, we're going to start one of those conversations with Tara Silconich. The Fort Saskatchewan native has been involved in the game for 17 plus years, suiting up for many teams, including two national championship winning teams for Alberta. She also suited up for Baseball Canada on a couple of occasions, including the 2012 World of women's baseball in Edmonton. Today, she's a policy analyst for the provincial government. We talked about her journey in baseball and much more in this chat from earlier this week. Tara, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast.
1: Happy to be here.
0: Coming off that Girls' Day in Baseball session that you were a part of, I wanted to get your sense of it for those who might have missed it. Having been involved in the game as long as you have, how do you see the game here in Alberta?
1: Sure. Um, so yeah i think that i i think that chris actually had a really good uh perspective on that and and uh, i'll explain for those who weren't able to join the um the session but uh things have changed a, a little bit but it honestly uh, unfortunately to say it does roller coaster every year so um some years, some municipalities and community organizations have been able to have all girls teams play, um, and they've been able to form it. But then the next year, some girls drop out, and they're no longer to do. They're no longer able to do that. Um, are some years we have lots and lots of players come out for our provincial team identification uh, camps Uh, so those are id camps that we hold throughout the province um, to select our team alberta representative teams at the 14u 16u and senior women's and again year to year it really really shifts between you know we have somewhere upwards of a hundred total players to select from to maybe we only see 40 to 50 players across the province so um that that is unfortunate that from my perspective there isn't a whole lot of um, consistent growth (laughs) Mm -hmm. but certainly um i see a big change in the caliber I would say it has been uh, um, really, really increased. Um, when I look at um, the caliber of players that are younger than I that have that are are, are playing on the team Alberta representative teams, um, these players are coming up with strong fundamentals and really talented. Which I mean uh, is evidenced by how many players on. Uh, from Alberta we currently have at the national level.
0: What is it that's been in your eyes that we could do better? How do we improve upon some of that and how do we maybe make it a little bit more of a consistent effort all the way through?
1: Sure. Um, I think, um, something that was said in the, um, in the session that we ha- had, was I think organizations need to take responsibility and do their own kind of work locally. So uh, one of the things that they can do is on their website and in their in their promotional and advertising for baseball registration is just ensuring that um, they're using non-gendered language. So um, you know, not not stating that a league is you know, boy for boys aged 12 and under, that it's, um, you know, register your player age 12 and under or for or exclusively even better would be to exclusively say, like boys and girls, baseball, blah, blah, blah. Because I think that we have a hard time with the idea, challenging the idea that um, softball is for is the girls version of, of baseball. Mm-hmm. Building on that, we have to be aware too that when players are coming to registration that for a lot of municipalities when they have the two streams they'll often have a baseball stream and a softball stream that they're not automatically and i'm not saying that i've seen evidence of this happening but but it's a good check-in point for the organizations to take upon their own responsibility do their own kind of inventory of what are our practices like you know at the registration table are we are we telling the girls that they have to sign up for base for softball or are we leaving it open? Right.
0: Is one of the other things, too, in this is making sure we keep the conversation going about being a multi sport athlete as well, because a lot of these uh, success stories that we're starting to see is, hey, the Madison Willens of the group where you're playing hockey at an elite level and, a, and at a yeah. baseball level. I mean, there's there seems to be this thought that you can only do one sport when realistically yeah. you don't have to
1: yeah and i think uh i i mean baseball across the board has kind of seen this this challenge with the rise of um you know summer hockey opportunities obviously we live in canada um hockey is um a a lifestyle here um and many people choose to pursue that um throughout the summer which which cuts into kids opportunities to then play other sports and do that cross training. And what we know from research and, and a lot of folks from, um, you know, NHL coaches to other high level hockey coaches are saying that, kids do need to it, they they don't need to specialize in hockey early early on they do need to play other sports in the summer and take a break not only does this help with um, injury prevention and um, and cross training but it also helps with mental burnout as well we want kids to play sports and be active for life and when you know when they might specialize in something really early we see evidence that and this can go this is not just about hockey this can be any sport Mm -hmm. Um, when kids start specializing really early on we see that they have an emotional burnout from putting all of their energy into one sport and not having that opportunity to, um, you know, take a little bit of a break and play something else
0: another one of the aspects to this is I'll call it the self promotion side of it is it, it feels as though, especially uh, when you look at some of the success stories we've had, obviously the Mike Sorokas of the group get a lot of the attention, but even to have some of those kids who make their way to post-secondary, like a Kelsey Laller down in the States or a Matt Lloyd down in the States, and they come back and, and are able to teach some of the youngsters that's going to pay off dividends because the talent pool is going to get bigger and better because they, the, The realization from the kid's standpoint is hey, if they can do it, I can do it too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, exposure to those stories and those role models is absolutely critical, and even more so for um, young female athletes and highlighting the the phenomenal um, female baseball athletes and their stories that we have in this province, not only for the female athletes, but for our baseball story in general across the province, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, exactly to your point, talking about Kelsey Lawler um, to not just the the young female baseball players but also to the to the young male baseball players and and showing them you know and again Kelsey Lawler multi-sport athlete she plays basketball for Mm -hmm. played basketball for her university in Saskatchewan um and now in the states um I think she's playing uh, I'm not sure what sport she's playing, but um, definitely a multi-sport athlete herself, um, that we share these stories about their success and, because kids can only be what they can see. And so we do need to, and that is something, again, that local organizations can take on is highlighting these players' stories.
0: Speaking of telling stories, let's tell yours. And I want to hear <laughs> about... Um, That moment when you realize that this is the sport you are going to love forever and ever. Do you remember that moment?
1: Yeah. Um, it it, it really, and and probably very similarly to a lot of the other, um, stories that other female baseball players have was, was that first year that I made the team, Alberta, uh, provincial representative team at the 14U level. Um, and, of course, my coach was um, legendary Chris James, who um, it was his first year coaching in the uh, girls' baseball program and was definitely the first coach to really take me seriously as a baseball athlete. Um, and and we were young. I was 12 years old. And so the idea that I could represent my province – um, at a Western Canadian baseball championship and play baseball with other girls. Um, at the time I was still playing, um, softball, uh, for my community, um, and baseball. So I was doing both until I was about 14 years old. So when I made that provincial team, um, that was kind of the first time for me. And then later, like, uh, um, later in my career in high school, I, played rugby. And so when we talk about some of the other, uh, multi-sport athletes like Kelsey Lawler and, and Madison Willen, mm-hmm. when their dual sports happened to thankfully work out as a winter and summer sport, um, I played rugby as well in the summers. <laughs> so that was poor, poor planning on my part. And I remember, um, having a coach when I was still playing 18 U um, in uh, uh for a for a majority boys team here at, in Edmonton actually and I think it was the second year that I had made the national team so at this point I had decided that baseball was you know a sport that I wanted to pursue at the at really the highest level available to me and um wanted to continue making the the national team and I remember this coach I had to I can I either came late to a baseball game or had to I think I came late to, um, like, the pregame to our baseball game because I was finishing a rugby match. And he said to me, like, that I had to choose. And I at the time, I remember feeling really disappointed that I was being pressured in that way because I still felt that I could play, um, you know, both of these summer sports and still pursue them as high as I wanted to. Um, and then eventually make a choice. I was 17 years old. I, I, and I still felt that that was too early. And of course I, after that, um, I actually played rugby for my university. I played CIS rugby for the U of A for a couple of years, um, and was invited to an under 21 identification camp for the national team. And again, still playing baseball at, at the time. um, of course, uh, my story is that I, I did eventually choose, um, in 2012, I wanted to focus directly on baseball because the World Cup was going to be in Edmonton. And so I did, um, you know, give up rugby for a couple of years so that I could train uh, fully to baseball. But at the time at 17, I remember thinking to myself, this is too early. I still, like, I love baseball and I want to pursue it, but I, I I still think that I can you know, do this other sport as well.
0: You've had a lot of highlights over the years playing baseball as well, but what was it like, you mentioned the world cup being held in Edmonton back in 2012. Mm -hmm. What was that like playing on your home turf in front of the hometown crowd and, and having that opportunity that not a lot of people get a chance to do?
1: Yeah. So that is, um, I would say the highlight of my career is that opportunity that I had to, um, to represent Canada in, in 2012 and, in Edmonton and growing up watching the trappers and the, the cracker cats mm-hmm. play at, um, you know, what's now uh Remax field and, um, and then being able to play on that diamond pitch on that mound, see my family in the stands. Like that was just completely surreal. And then the opportunities that we had to give back that year were just phenomenal. We, we did a couple um, sessions with some local organizations and like put on girls camps um, and uh, post, you know, post game when uh, young players are asking for your autograph, like just incredibly surreal and, and uh, just I'm really grateful that I had that opportunity to to play at that level and the support that I did um, in the years leading up to that to to train and, and get to that point in my career.
0: Speaking of the giving back side of it, what does it mean to you to be able to give back in that way and maybe tell some of these stories to be able to maybe coax the next generation of, of baseball players here in this province to to glory down the road?
1: Yeah, um, so that's something that's incredibly important to me. Um, I have uh, been involved in the administrative side um, for uh, a a couple of years and and started my coaching career um, a couple of years ago as well. And um, both at the the community development level, putting on camps throughout the province um, and just seeing again, trying to recreate that feeling that I had when a coach took me seriously for the first time as a baseball athlete and feeling really, um, trying to recreate that, that uh, experience where you feel like you belong, you feel like you don't have to prove yourself to anyone and that I could just show up and be myself. And that's what's really important to me when we go out and we put on these camps and we coach is to, um, create that, inclusive, um, environment where, um, these athletes can show up and be the, be the baseball player. They're not, you know, they're not the girl on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, push them and challenge them to achieve something that maybe they didn't think that they could achieve. And, you know, not everyone is going to be a national level baseball player. Um, you know, but, Maybe it's hitting a curveball. Maybe it's being able to, you know, pitch at the at the U14 distance or whatever it is, you know, um, being able to hit oppo, mm-hmm. um, just being able to support and push them and show them that they can have goals beyond, you know, what they thought they might be capable of going into an event that they come out and they feel confident to push and strive for, um, for their individual goals.
0: I suppose a big part of it too, is just the teamwork aspect, being able to work amongst a team, being able to uh, be a part of something bigger than yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Talk a little bit about some of the, the greatest lessons that maybe you learned over the years, whether it be through playing, whether it be through coaching or just being involved in the sport
1: sure um I, I I mean the the biggest teaching that I would say is the the ability to cope with failure um baseball I, I mean it's quintessential quote baseball is a game of failures uh, when we go up to the plate um and I was never a strong, hitter Mm -hmm. um by any means and uh so being able to cope with those strikeouts and or um you know ground outs time after time and still being able to um to want to put the work in and uh, and also come back out defensively so a lot of these these um you know I would go out and maybe strike out and then I'd be the last of the inning and I'd have to get right back and get ready to play third base or get ready to go out to the mound and um and have to put that behind me and be able to to set my mind to to defense and be able to to execute the play that comes my way Or and especially in pitching like you have to turn it off immediately and be able to turn it back on thankfully i was dh'd um when i played on team alberta and the national team (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: now you're working as a as a policy analyst for the government and i'm curious anything from the ball diamonds that you translate into the the working world nowadays
1: (laughs) yeah um I guess uh, um, one of the things is uh, being able to work with uh, diverse teams and being able to, um, I think, think through where each person's strength is and where each person can contribute to a team goal um, and really being able to kind of put those things together and in order to succeed so in my work we we have to do I mean we work collaboratively with um, with individuals and departments across across the government and um, we have to find ways where uh, you know there we have to find solutions to to really complex problems where there's not an easy simple answer so we really have to understand what people bring to the table and i think my years of playing on a team sport where it's an individual sport within a team sport. I think some people describe it as mm-hmm. um, where you have to recognize an individual's contribution to this overall team goal, and everybody brings different strengths. And yes, we might have weaknesses as an individual and as a team, but how are we going to bring those things together in order to achieve this common goal and being able to understand and work towards that?
0: If you had a message for those young athletes out there who are maybe on the fence about playing baseball or any organized sport for that matter what would you say to him
1: I just have to say to do it <laughs> um, that uh, even if there are people who you know might think or say that you don't belong um, get out there and do it the the benefits of playing sport in particular baseball um, is lifelong um, you will make lifelong friends and Um, Playing sports just gives you such crucial skills for um, being successful in school as you get older and and then eventually, you know, a long ways from now in their careers um, that uh, it's just it's so not worth not trying. Like you have to try and go for it and eventually you'll find a sport or an activity that you really enjoy and um, just stick with it.
0: Final question for you, and I ask this of every guest. What does the game of baseball mean to you?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, Really, it's – even though it's funny because even though I'm not an active player anymore and I'm currently taking some time off coaching, um, I still feel like baseball is my life. Um, And it it, – I actually met my spouse um, through a connection to baseball, so it really has – rounded out and been an aspect of my entire life and and I know it it will continue to um so I really like thank goodness for my parents for putting me in base putting my my siblings my older siblings first in baseball and then um and then carrying that on to me because I really feel like baseball has literally given me my identity really and again strange to say as a non-active player but i really still feel um that baseball is just such a huge part of my heart and my life
0: really was wonderful to catch up with you tara appreciate your time thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast thanks joe Thanks again to Tara Lekonich for joining us this week. And like I said, we'll have more of these conversations in future episodes. A big thanks to all of you, as always, for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on your podcast provider of choice. And if you're able, leave us a rating and review to help spread the word about what we're up to. Until next time, thanks for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.